Welcome to another episode of Bakari Sellers Podcast. This one's going to be a fun one today, guys. I have one of the smartest, most brilliant, creative writers. Just the way he's able to put together words and his platform is just so unique and so dope. Damon Young, what's happening, brother? How are you today? Hey, hey, what's going on? What's going on, man? Man, I'm glad to be here with you. You know, my show is unique in the way that we start each one of our shows and episodes by having our guests walk us through the arc of their careers. And you're an entrepreneur, a writer, and an artist a cultural commentator, and just a all-around dope, funny dude. Talk to us about uh, what you were doing before Very Smart Brothers, and talk to us about your career arc since VSB was acquired in 2016 and what you've been up to since then. Man, how much time we got? <laughs> well, the show only, I mean, we're going to cut you off at, in 30 minutes anyway. So this ain't, this, ain't, this ain't one of them questions that has, like, a linear linear sort of <laughs> answer. Because, like, you, all right, so my first job out of college, and I graduated college 2000, and two was uh, I was a sub. I was a um, I was a sub at Wilkinsburg High School, right? And it was a junior senior high school, so I would go between the the middle school and the high school, um, you know, just toggle between there on a daily basis. And then I ended up getting my own classroom. Um, and around that time, I'd also started my my first blog, right? So I'm teaching um, during the day and on the weekends or whatever. I would update my blog. And the blog just continued to grow, just continued to blow up. You know, I, I got like a fan base or whatever. And I ended up leaving that teaching job. And I worked at the after school center. I ended up running a after school program at, at a YMCA in the Keysport PA, which is just outside of Pittsburgh. And then I ended up working at Duquesne University um, and running a college prep program um, in their school of business. And this is 2007, 2008. Around this time was when I started Very Smart Brothers. Um, and when, um, the program shut down in 2009, it was the victim of the recession. Everybody got laid off, you know, whatever I was in a, you know, I was at a bit of a crossroads. It's like, do I continue on in academia in some capacity or do I see if I could actually write full time and make a living doing this? So from that point, you know, I made that decision. I was on long-term unemployment. For a minute, now I mean, I was. It was fortunate that, that I live in Pittsburgh, you know, and the cost of living at the time isn't the same as it is in like DC or New York City or you know or Philly or whatever. So I could make, I could, I could survive on unemployment and on whatever freelance you know income I was making at the time. Um, and then 2011, more opportunities came. I started. Um, I got a job with Ebony Magazine. Um, when they rebooted their whole digital platform, um, the blog continued to grow up. And Very Smart Brothers is something that myself and Panama Jackson and Liv Burr uh, created. And then, you know, fast forward to 2016, I get a book deal, um, a multi-book deal from um, from Echo, which is an imprint on our HarperCollins. And then in 2017, VSP gets acquired by, um, by Univision. He don't even remember. He don't even remember who yeah, bought him. Yeah, it's been a so minute. Counting, been a minute. Count, counting the money. Yeah, yeah, we got acquired him. by Univision, and Univision at the time owned all the Gizmodo media group sites, which used to be the Gawker media group. You know, and so we're talking Divspin, Jezebel, um, The Onion, The AV Club, The Root, and then we merged The Root and became a part of The Root in 2017. So, and now you're here. But let me ask you this question. One of the one of the topics I like to talk about uh, to authors is you're thinking around these book bans. 
Um, yeah. And you wrote a book called What Doesn't Kill You Makes You Blacker, which I'm surprised haven't been, hasn't been banned yet. So first, are you offended that white people aren't mad enough about your book to ban it? And talk to folk about what it was about who haven't read it. I mean, I'm not, it's not keeping me up at night, but I, but I am like, yo, like every time I hear about a new spate of book bands, I go and I refresh <laughs> and I see my book is on the list. <laughs> like, yo, what, what, what else do I need to do? I mean, my book, I mean, my face is on the cover. It has black in the title. In the first six pages alone, I talk about naked white people. I say the N-word in both conjugations of it. I, I talk about the, 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 the link between prayer and masturbation. Again, this is in the first six pages of the book. Oh, I know. And I still ain't get banned. And I'm like, come on, man. I mean, if, <laughs> if, if there's going to be all this shit going on, why can't I be a part the of it? The ban is not, the ban, what you're saying is the ban is not legitimate. I mean, 1619, all that stuff I mean, is cool. But it, just tell- proves, <laughs> it just proves that they ain't actually reading these books. They're not. Well, right? They're that. not reading these books. They, they, they maybe heard a thing. They maybe read like the, the back flap or whatever. And it's like, you know what? This book got banned this other place. So we might as well ban it this place too. Now, I mean, so they're not, they're not actually like, just the fact that the bluest eye is one of the books. That I mean, that's is insane. So on this list. That, I mean, like, that's the, insane. The bluest eye is, is, you know, in my opinion, one of the greatest books that's ever been written. And Toni Morrison was is the greatest American novelist, right? Um, and that book is a hard read for experienced readers. Like just getting through that. I mean, Morrison's work is heavy. She's it's hard talent, to get. Yeah, through. I mean, and, and there's and, there, and yeah. there's no way that they, all right, <laughs> are, are are reading this book and getting through this shit like that. Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. So most people probably can tell by now if they don't know, but you 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 are uh, beyond witty, clever, etc. But your column work runs the gamut from your recent piece about getting Invisalign at 42 to the art of old black parents calling you to tell you somebody you never met died, which is a fact. I just my mom called me miss such and such dead. I can't believe it. Yep. Mom, I have no idea who that is. Uh, how would you describe your writing and your writing style? And when you're writing a piece, who are you usually writing it for? And what do you want people to get out of your work? I mean, my 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 work kind of just dives into the angst, absurdity, anxiety, allure of existing while Black in America, right? And so, you know, I, my, I have a column now, The Washington Post, where I write once a week for them. And, you know, as you were saying, you know, I write, I, I've written about the, the, the ridiculousness of book banning and my own absurd book band FOMO I've written about my dad who you know people have experience and people have older parents right and my dad just turned 75 this is the thing that they start to do where they'll just hit you up randomly just to tell you about someone who you've never met before who just died a horrible awful death it's like do you remember you remember Sally Jenkins it's like nah dad I don't well I I'll just call to let you know her, she got her face chewed off by a pigeon. <laughs> All right. Pigeon just chewed her whole face clean off 
And now she's just faceless and there's a pigeon out there with a human's face. Anyway, um, just want to let you know that. Good night. <laughs> Good night, Dad. <laughs> so in my audience, the audience for my work has always been me. Right. He was, like, so I, you I, you I, one I, of them selfish writers that if you yeah, like I, it, you know, everybody else, either they can or it don't matter. Yeah, I write things I want to read. Hmm. Know what I mean, and, and if it's like, you know, if a thing exists or if I want to read a thing that doesn't exist, I'm like, you know, what, I'll write the thing. Um, and now once I extrapolate out, then once I get past me, then there's, there's me, there's, you know, people who just appreciate um, humor, people appreciate essay, people, you know, you know, obviously black people, you know, what I mean, my work isn't necessarily a sort of work that's um, that's explaining um, that or that's intended to explain blackness or black customs to white. But you people. were, but it I mean, might, I, might I, do I, that. But I was about to say, like, I, I, I was gonna say, I was go, I was gonna push back on you because I could envision you being in the writers' room for like Blackish, or one of these dope shows. Have by the way, have you ever been in one of these writing rooms before? Have I've they, been, have they ventured been, to let you in one of these writing? Rooms? I was in, I was in the writers' room for uh, Sam J's, uh, for Sam J's HBO show. Okay, um, yeah. I was, uh, I was a consultant on on that show um and i was in a it, it 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 you know the the room happened last year and it was all on zoom and there's all these hilarious comedians in there and then there's me they like who they like who is this nigga Where, the washington yeah. post sent somebody over <laughs> in the first you know the first couple of meetings they're 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 addressing me as mr young and i'm like yo i'm <laughs> i appreciate the honorific but I don't think I'm that much older than y'all. Right? Just call me Damon. All right. That's appreciate you, it though. That you season. You season. That's what mm -hmm. that was about. Uh, one of the things that I appreciate about the work that you've done is the uh, the very popular blog, Very Smart Brothers. That's how um, a lot of people don't know the all the work you do. But when they hear your name, they immediately associate it with Very Smart Brothers. And it was acquired in 2016, became a part of the root. How important was it for you to take something that you created and then align it with the black platform like The Root? I mean, it, it made sense for us at the time to... That, I was about to say at the, at the yeah, time. Yeah, at the time, it, it, made, it made a lot of sense for us to, to uh, you know, to go through the acquisition and also to, you know, to, to merge with The Root. I already had a good relationship with the people over there. And at the time, the publisher was Donna Bird. Mm -hmm. um, and you know Daniel Belton was EIC, and and then Janetta Adams, and there, you know there were you know other people that again you were surrounded by dope. you were surrounded by yeah, a lot of dope people, about dope at, people at the time at, at the time yeah things things have changed you know in a particularly in the last like year and a half but um but yeah it, it made sense and it made financial sense too where they they gave us a lot of money right and now we wouldn't have i mean if fox or newsmax or the, the fucking blaze gave us a lot of money we, we wouldn't have taken it and worked there so it wasn't just about the money but VSD, i mean, you talk, I mean you're not taking you're not taking that money it, <laughs> i mean let's say let's say let's not say we wouldn't take it let's just say it would have had to been an ass load of money for us to compromise like that I I, I'm going to say I wouldn't take it. I'm going to say I'm going to say because if someone like that is offering me that much money, then I'm, uh, that must mean I'm doing something wrong. That we would have told you. I think the people I, the people would have told you. You're right. You're you're right. Yeah, they would have been like Jason mean. Jason Whitlock. I mean Damon Young. You're doing too much. That's what. <laughs> yeah, if, yeah. If one of them 
platforms that offer me an offer I can't refuse. And that, that, that's proof that I need to refuse it. Cause there's something that, that ain't connecting something that I'm missing that I just ain't seeing. But, um, but again, it made financial sense for us to do that because at that time VSB had become basically a full-time job. Now Panama had a full-time job. He was working on Capitol Hill yep. doing VSB too. And for me, you know, I, I had VSB, I, I had some, some other writing that I was doing in too, but you know, it, it just made sense to be able to do the same things I was always able to do, but also get a salary and benefits and also a pretty significant acquisition fee for it too. Man, I love it. I like to see brothers come up. So you've got a new project on the way. One of the reasons or the reason we have you on the show today. It's a podcast called Stuck with Damon Young. Now, there are a lot of podcasts out there. So why did you choose to do a podcast and how is it different from the rest of them? Everybody and their mama got a podcast. Yeah, so so. I'm, I'm, I, I, I'll keep it a buck. Like I'm not a podcast. I wasn't a podcast person. Like doing a podcast was not a thing that was an aspiration for me. And Crooked, Crooked Media um, approached me. And this is back in, I guess, late 2018, 2019, around that time. And at the Podsafe Boys? Those are the Podsafe Boys, right? Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. And, and they approached me about doing this podcast. And, you know, we were actually going to launch it in 2020. Um, you know, and I'd already done some interviews. I had I had Nicole Hannah-Jones. I had Jason Reynolds on. I had Samantha Irby on. But then the pandemic hit. And that just threw everything out of whack. And when the pandemic hit and, and that happens, we also had an opportunity to reconfigure and rethink about what this podcast was going to be. Because initially it was going to be me talking to some dope people I know about some subject. We talk, we kick it for like 40, 45 minutes and then boom, that's it. And there are a lot of podcasts that do that and that do that very well. But we came up with an idea to incorporate some more scripted elements um, some more elements from my writing, some elements from my other sort of work and try to infuse that into the podcast. So now there, it begins um, with a scripted essay, then a, um, then an interview for like 15 minutes, then a skit, <laughs> which are ridiculous sometimes. I mean, this, sound like this, thing, right? this podcast took a lot of work. It take more than these headphones and this microphone. <laughs> I carry with me. You got a whole production team over there. Yeah. Yeah. And then another interview and then, the, and then the closing essay. Right. And, um, and, and again, I, I think that the scripted element made it very attractive to me and also just a subject matter where it is, it, it, it's about performance and it's about, you know, it's about etiquette too. And etiquette, I think when we think of that word, we think of like soup spoons and chivalry and, you know, and, and things of that nature, table manners, but etiquette really is an umbrella term to encompass just a wide range of behavior and also expected behavior and expected experience, right? And so this podcast is mostly about the collision of who we are, who we expect to be, and who we want to be. And each episode dives into a different topic, there's an episode that deals with sex, uh, another one with money, another one with God, parenting, um, mental health, um, grief. Um, so we have 12 episodes um, and each featuring some just really smart, really funny, really dope people. I mean, I already mentioned Nicole, Samantha, Jason, uh, Roy Wood Jr., Jamel Hill, um, Shamara Ibrahim, Kara Brown, um, Kese Lehman. I mean, it, I, 
you know, we, we, we have a really, really great group of guests, uh, Mark Lamont Hill, um, and, and all just basically talking about our own anxieties and neuroses and self-consciousnesses and all of the societal, you know, the racial, economic, um, and political, you know, factors that, that influence how we feel about ourselves and how we feel about, you know, how, how people see us. And, and so I, I just think it, it, it'll be really fun. It'll be, it's supposed, it'll be funny. I think it's funny. There'll also be moments that they'll make you cringe where you want to hide under a table where you'll be like, I can't believe he's saying this shit out loud. Well, that's what we expect <laughs> from you. I mean, I would, <laughs> if it did not. you know, so again, I'm looking forward to it. And, um, yeah, um, yeah. When I started, when I started this podcast, first of all, the originality of the Bakari Sellers podcast—that wasn't the name I had for it, but that's where we landed. <laughs> I wanted some combination of a black political podcast, but also a black excellence podcast, where everybody could listen to it from a PhD in Boston to one of the guys I grew up with in South Carolina. Who do you ultimately want to reach with this podcast? I mean, Cricket has a lot of uh, listeners who probably don't aren't familiar with very smart brothers who probably aren't that familiar with your work or is your goal to bring, you know, is this, is this a podcast that is going to go out and, and do some things that you haven't been able to do and bring in new audiences like your Washington post work? I mean, yeah, I mean, that's, that's obviously a consideration. And again, just like with my writing, um, my, my target audience is me. And, and then once I extrapolate that out, it's people who are into the same things that I am. Um, but I also recognize that having a platform, having a podcast on crooked, um, and, it, and it's a, it, it's a Spotify exclusive. So there's that whole, you know, that whole audience too. And also Gimlet, you know, the audience that they bring. So I, I recognize that there are going to be quite a few non-black listeners to this. Um, but again, my, my target is for people who appreciate these really granular and esoteric conversations about, about race and about performance and about, about blackness and about about sex and 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 about going to church and about food and, and money. Um, That's and, how I mean. I I thoroughly enjoy conversations about sex, food, money, and going to church. I mean, you've hit you've hit every element. By the way, let me, random question, randomized question: Have you uh have you ever listened to Horrible Decisions? I don't think so. Let me suggest that you tune into Horrible Decisions about once or twice. My girl Wheezy. Uh, she has a podcast that's on Black Effect, and okay. it's horrible. It's horrible decisions spelled H W W H O R E, horrible. And I spell it out decisions, but it's uh, it's along the lines of. But they delve into one topic more than most, which is sex. But they do it in a way that is uh, unique to say the least. Now my listeners are gonna be like, "That's what you be listening to." I do. I, I'm a collector. <laughs> you, know you know what? You know what? You know what? I'm thinking horrible, but. Horrible! I've 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 heard it. I've heard it before. Yes, it, yeah. it's a okay. it's a good it's a good little roadmap for some of your conversations. Yeah. I, I heard all the people that you name. You name some extremely dope people. Some people that I still want to get on this show. Uh, one of the coolest things about having a podcast, though, and and with your platform and your ability and your background, you'll be able to get anybody you want. We had Cicely Tyson a few days before we interviewed her on Monday. She passed on Thursday. It was one of the most beautiful, literally beautiful interviews I've ever done. Um, she got a chance to see her, although it was Zoom. I mean, she she is the if black if black excellence has a definition or black girl magic truly has a definition. She's the picture beside it. Interview Magic Johnson. But I still have some dream guests. Interview Barack Obama. Who is a dream guest on your podcast for you? 
Um, keep it a buck. My a dream guest would be my mom. Right. Um, I would. I, I would. Dad. I would want to. I have my dad too. My mom might. My mom's a little over the top. If I interview my mom, we'd have to do a drink and wine, and I'm not sure where that show would go. Yeah, my mom. It'll be nine years since since my mom passed, yeah. and some of the conversations, particularly the one um, about about education and about parenting. Um, you know, I would like to hear what she has to say. You know, um, I, I I know a lot. Because I, I had a lot of conversations with my with, with her and with my parents together before she passed, but you know I, I hear my we hear my dad's perspective on, in one of these episodes, and I would like to hear my mom's too. And also, I just like to talk to her <laughs> again. So, so yeah, that that would be my dream. Very, podcast. very, very, very powerful. When will the podcast go live? How frequently will there be episodes? How can listeners support? All those good things. The answers you're supposed to know when you're promoting, I guess. <laughs> yeah, so uh, it debuts March 22nd um, and new episodes every Tuesday. Um, and again, it's a Spotify exclusive. Uh, so, you know, so so yeah, if you have Spotify. Welcome to the, welcome and, to the Spotify and, family. Yeah, uh, thank you. Thank you. And if you have Spotify, you're interested in some of the shit that that I've been talking about, some of the previews that I've given you, check it out. Man, I love Spotify, where the checks are big and the, they take a long time to process. But you'll learn that if you haven't already. Uh, <laughs> tell me this. What other big projects do you have on the horizon and how can listeners follow you on social? Um, I have a couple book projects going on right now. Um, I'm working on an anthology on um, on on black American humor. And I have just a lot of just dope, dope, um, dope authors that are that are involved in it. I, I don't want to say anybody's names yet, you know, until we do the actual announcement. I also have another essay book coming um, about money um, and about money. It's about shame. Um, and the working title is The Rage of New Money. Um, and and I have uh, my Washington Post column, which every Monday there will be a new column. And it, it'll also be in a Washington Post magazine every Sunday. So... So who's yeah. on your um who's on your comedic hall of fame or oh, mount rushmore comedy mount rushmore shit um we're talking stand-up or we're just talking just i'm gonna let you go cross cross kind of genres here like okay, I, if, if, if if i if if i'm just if i if i want to be as honest as i could possibly be all right chris rock as far as stand-up okay. no question yeah, I, I don't think I've ever loved the stand-up back as much as I did back in 1999 when Chris Rock was released and, you know, Bring the Pain and, you know, that that series of stand-ups that he did. Um, so so Chris Rock from that era, Larry David, mm. because he's the creator of two of maybe my seven favorite comedies, right? So he has, he has to be able to, I've never seen him perform stand-up, but someone who creates Seinfeld and creates Curve has to be on the list, right, for me. Um, who else? Like, I feel like it's it's like those two. Mm -hmm. um, Eddie Murphy? I, I, I'm a fan of Eddie. I'm a big fan of Eddie. Um, Eddie could be there. Richard Pryor. Oh, no, no, no. You know what? I'm 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 gonna throw a curveball. I'm gonna say George Carlin. I'm gonna say Richard Pryor. And I'm gonna say Paul Mooney. Paul Mooney does. Paul Mooney is your yes. That makes perfect sense. Yeah. You put me in the mind reading your work, watching your brutal honesty 
along the lines of Ray's puts Paul Mooney. I always, I, I, I like Eddie Murphy. I throw Eddie up there. And it's hard because the comedy, where the comedy is lacking, the talent, I think, pushes him on anybody's Mount Rushmore. That's Jamie Foxx. Jamie Foxx is arguably one of the most talented people we've we've ever, ever encountered. He's the world's greatest entertainer. Like, I, I <laughs> will maintain that. My wife and I, we have been saying this for years, is that Jamie Foxx, you just put a microphone in front of him. Oh, yeah. And he could do anything. Anything. <laughs> right? Anything. Well, anyway, my brother Damon Young from Very Smart Brothers. Now you're stuck with Damon uh, <laughs> here on Spotify, Crooked Media. Shout out to... All of my pod save fellas over there, man. You guys have done great work. It's a pleasure to have you. Now I can check. You're not like in the top 15, 15 dream guests, but you're right in that second tier, so I can scratch you off the well, list. I, of my I appreciate that. <laughs> appreciate that. I call, I call him in the second tier. <laughs> All right, brother. Be easy, man. Be easy. That, man. Thanks, man. <laughs> All right.